Praise the Lord, saints of God. Praise ye the Lord. Hello, this is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I thank you so much for joining me for another broadcast right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, on today's broadcast, we're going to go into a part three of the series entitled Walking by Faith. Oh, we're having a dynamic time during this series, and I hope that you are too. Remember to hear all the parts, just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. There you can hear part one and part two right there on the website. And of course, part three is available as well. While you're on the website, make sure you connect with us on the social media tabs, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, it's there and so much more. And don't forget to follow us on Periscope. We would so much love to have you and sign up for Kingdom Inspiration. It's really going to bless you. And once again, I want to thank all of you for your faithful prayers and support of Kingdom Rock Radio. Oh, it's been a blessing. Thank you for giving $5, $10, $20 toward the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Every little bit counts. And we appreciate you for sharing in this gospel and helping us to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ all around the world. Oh, it's thrilling. So thank you, thank you, thank you. From the bottom of my heart, I appreciate listeners just like you that are helping us spread the gospel. If you've never done it, then just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. There you can hit the donate button. Or if you prefer, you can write us at P.O. Box 1285, Bremen, Georgia, 30110. That's P.O. Box 1285, Bremen, Georgia, 30110. Oh, I'm so excited. All right, without any further ado, here comes the message entitled, Walking by Faith, Part Number 3. It is subtitled, The Purpose of Faith. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Here comes the rich word of God. Well, we want to go into part three, part three of the series entitled Walk by Faith or Walking by Faith. This is part number three of that series, Walking by Faith. If you have not heard parts one, two, and this is three, of course, if you haven't heard parts one or two, make sure that you get the CD, the free CDs. They're available in the back and also in the food bank facility. They're also available online on the website and also on the Kingdom Rock app, which you can download free of charge to your mobile device, either your cell phone or your tablets. It's there so that you can receive the rich word of the Lord. Amen. You guys ready to receive today? Father, I'm ready to receive. Hallelujah. Let's go into it. All right. Um, The last time we uh, spoke about faith, we were just getting to really understanding what faith is, and we're going to get back into what faith is. Uh, the, the full meaning, or as far as we can see anyway, uh, of the word faith. We're going to get into that today. Now, understand, we all will know in part, we'll know in part, we will see in part. The full revelation of things have not been fully revealed. You understand that? We can't see the full picture yet. We won't see the full picture until the Lord Jesus comes, until we step over into eternity. But the Lord will show us parts. He'll show us parts, parts of a puzzle, pieces here and pieces there. All right. So it's like we are involved in, um, we're, it's like the Lord has given you a million piece puzzle. 
and has backed up all those pieces on the back of a uh, of a dump truck, what have you, or a two million piece puzzle, and he has put it on your front lawn. And you have all these pieces, but you may not know how in the world all these pieces will fit together. All right. Then over time, we can say these pieces have been scattered across the neighborhood. This person has a piece and that person has a piece over over the over there. Church A and B down the street. Well, they've been able to put together five pieces and they got their five pieces and they think that this is the whole truth. No, you only have five pieces. We, we, the church down o, over across the seas may have 10 pieces. Woo! Wow. And they say, we've got it, but you only have part of it over there too. But when we come together in Ephesians 3, when we come together in the spirit of unity and everybody brings their pieces together, then eventually we'll see the whole thing. So what you'll be receiving today is a part is another piece of the puzzle. Amen. As you cry out to the Lord, he will reveal to you another piece of the puzzle. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Every piece reveals a picture. So today we're going to talk about, continue to talk about faith. We're going to give you more definitions of faith, which is only a piece of the puzzle. Amen. This is what God chooses to reveal to you today. So I pray that you're ready to get it. Now, remember, uh, let me ask you this question. Are you ready to live? All right. Live, we know, is is an acrostic, which means um, what? Listening, interpret, value, and what? And we're going to go out and experience it, right? We're not just going to be hearers of the word, but, um, and not do. No, we're going to hear and do. We're going to hear and live, hear and experience. So we're ready to live. That is get your, grab your Bibles, your pens, your notepads and all that stuff and be ready to write, be ready to take notes because you're going to find something of value in what's about to be said. Hallelujah. All right. So. Before we get into uh, the definition of faith, because we're really going to walk into it today, Lord willing, let's talk about just for a moment the purpose of faith, the purposes of faith. Now, I asked the Lord this even last night because I'm asking him, Lord, what, why are we doing this? Why are we going through this teaching on faith? Because I, I, I have to know why. What's the purpose of faith? I'm understanding more of the definition of faith, what faith is and what faith does. And today, the Lord willing, we're going to do some drawings on our board. Lord, help us. All right. Uh, so I'm understanding more what faith is and what faith does. But I ask him, what is the purpose of faith? What's the purpose of faith? And let me tell you the purpose of faith. The purpose of faith is for you to develop a more intimate connection with God. The purpose of faith is for you to develop a more intimate connection with God. It's for you to develop a oneness with him. Now, faith can be used. uh, You can seek God uh, and receive healing for your body. Great thing. Faith can be used to bring um, family members home. And and faith can be used to get a new car or, or to get a new house or to get bills paid and things of that nature. All these other things are second To the very first one, building an intimate relationship with him. Your faith can be used to build an intimate relationship with him. Remember, like we said there in Mark 11, chapter Mark 11, uh, 24, he says, whatsoever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Well, the first desire of our heart should be to grow in right relationship with him. 
to become in oneness with him. Scripture says, what would it profit a man to gain the whole world? Well, you got a lot of cars, you got a jet, you got an airplane, you got a big house, you got money, you got the whole world. You got clothes, you got shoes, you got a fancy handbag. What would it profit you to gain the whole world and lose your soul? What would profit you? You got everything else. No, no, no. No, I would tell you the first function, the first uh, purpose of faith is for you to develop an intimate relationship with Jesus. So the very first thing we should be desiring is for God's will to be done in our lives. So it says again, whatsoever you desire, what do you desire? I desire to, um, I desire Jesus. I desire that the will of God be done in my life. I desire that the kingdom would come, that Father, your kingdom would come, that your will will be done in my life, in earth as it is in heaven. I'm the earth that you're speaking about. Hallelujah. You're the earth that he's speaking about. Remember, he's not just talking about the planet. He's talking about you because our bodies were made from the dust of the earth. You are earth. Hallelujah. You are earth. And so he's saying that his kingdom would come. His will will be done. Remember, this is the Lord's prayer we're talking about. His kingdom would come. His will be done in the earth. Now, if it is, if the will of God has come into you as earth and his king, his kingdom has come and his will is done in you as the earth. Don't you know it's also done on the planet? Yes, it comes on us first. And then it, then because as man, we govern the planet. As man, we govern the planet. So if man has the kingdom of God within him, if man has the will of God in him, done in him, then so will the planet. So first of all, the kingdom of God is to come to you, come in you. The will of God is to come in you. And you are to be a heavenly place. Let me say that again. You are to be a heavenly place. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. The will of God, the kingdom of God is to be done in you as it is in heaven. So you are to be a heavenly place. Come on, say with me. I am a heavenly place. Come on, say it. I am a heavenly place. Okay, now say it like you believe it. Ready? I am a heavenly place. See, you, you, then, you then begin to have that attitude and that mindset when you go to people who are not operating in heaven and you bring heaven to them and you bring the influence of heaven upon them. What's not in heaven? Sickness, disease, uh, depression, poverty, all that stuff. It's not in heaven. Everything negative, if you think about a negative thing, it's not there. So if it's not there, it should not be here. It should not be in you. If it's not in heaven, it should not be in you. What is in heaven? We know love, joy, peace. Uh, all of this is in heaven. Patience, gentleness, the fruits of the spirit. All of these things, everything good, light and love, everything good that is in heaven. So everything good should also be in you. Amen. The will of God needs to be done in you. So we have to invite God's will into us. We have to invite the kingdom of God in us. Invite God in. Say, Father, I invite your will. Come on, say with me. Father, I invite your will into this earth. Father, I invite the kingdom, your kingdom, into this earth. Make this place be a heavenly place in Jesus' name.
You see, you're living that reality, and then when you go places, the Holy Spirit lays on your heart, go talk to this one. Go talk to that one. What are you doing? You're extending the covering of heaven, extending the atmosphere of the kingdom, extending the atmosphere. And when you extend the atmosphere of heaven, you'll see signs, you'll see wonders, you'll see deliverances, you'll see healing. You'll hear people say to you, boy, every time you come around, I just feel so much better. I just feel so much peace when you come around. It just makes me feel so good when I see you. What happens? You're bringing heaven. You're bringing heaven. Amen. So you're coming upon the place that is void and without, and you're bringing God there. You become a heavenly place. So this reality has a stick in us. So as we said today, what is the purpose of faith? The purpose of faith is to draw you into closer, intimate relationship with him. That must be your first and primary uh, desire of your heart. You would say, Lord, I want to be like you. That's my desire. I want to walk like you, Lord. I want your will uh, to be imparted into me. Let not my will, but let your will be done. Lord, I want you in me. I want to talk like you. I want to walk like you. Lord, you're my hero, Jesus. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? So faith is to be used primarily to bring you into a oneness with God. Everything else is secondary. You getting that house, you get that house, and that house will glorify God. You getting that house will glorify God. You getting healing in your body, hallelujah, that will glorify God. These other things you getting, you praying for God to give you a spouse or, or you know, a mate, when that person shows up, that glorifies God. Everything else we do, everything else we desire, as it's in the will of God for our lives, will glorify the Father, bringing us into a closer walk in relationship with him. The purpose of faith. Why are we going through all this faith? So I can get a house, car, more money, blah, blah, blah. Secondary. Because you're going to need money. Hallelujah. I feel for the people who preach against prosperity. You're going to need some money. You're going to need some money. Hear me. Asking God for money is not a greedy thing when you're asking with a kingdom mindset. You say, God, give me a million dollars. I don't need no million dollars. What's wrong with you preachers? You all preachers are all about money. But you understand something. You're asking God for a million. You say, well, I only need $10,000 a month for my bills. My God. But you say, I only need this month. So why do I need a million dollars? But see, you're short-sighted not knowing that someone down the street may be getting put out of their home right now. Short-sighted. You may not know that the single mother down the street cannot put food on the table for her children. Short-sighted. Why can't God use you as his holy depository, as his holy bank, and then he can make withdrawals from you and give to others that are in need? Are you hearing? So we're asking with the kingdom mindset, I will receive from God to give. Say with me, I will receive from God to give. This is the purpose. This is the purpose. Hallelujah. There's no poverty in heaven. So everywhere you go, you should be going and vanquishing the spirit of poverty by releasing, 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 releasing. You need to be God's bank. Are you hearing me? Oh, hallelujah. I hope somebody got that. 
sermon number one. Now let's go now to sermon number two for the day. Walking by faith. So we understand the purposes of faith. So now let's go further into walking by faith for the time that we have here today. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 5, 7. We were there on last time. We're going to go back there today. And we're just going to walk this thing through. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says this. For we walk by faith and what? Not by sight. This is the journey of the born again believer. Walk by faith and not by sight. Last time, you remember, we had Erica, the fashion model Erica, to come up on the stage and she demonstrated walking. She put one foot in front of the other quite stylishly. And she gave you her queenly wave as she went off of the stage. How many of you remember that? Oh, Erica tore it up. She tore it up, homegirl. You tore it up. But we said also that that type of walking is not necessarily what the Lord is talking about here. Because the walk that he's talking about is a manner or course of life. Living. A manner of course of life. So we can really say living by faith. Are you hearing me? Okay. So again, the Hebrew uh, for walk here really is the manner or course of life it means to live. So, as we can see also in Habakkuk 2.4, it echoes these same words. Uh, it says, Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the what? Come on, but the what? The just shall live by faith. Now let's go to Romans 1.17 because you hear this over and over and over in the word of God. Romans 1.17 says, for, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, what? The just shall live by faith. Wow. Let's try to turn to another scripture. Let's go to Gen, uh, Galatians 3.11. Galatians 3.11 says this, but that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident. For what? The just shall live by faith. Huh. God says it once, pay attention. Twice? Hmm. Three times? Hmm. Four times? I think he's really trying to tell you something. Let's go to another. Let's go to Hebrews 10. Hebrews 10. Let's look at verse number 38. It says here, what? Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. It says again, now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have what? No pleasure in him. Let's say that again. No pleasure in him. Say it one more time. This is what God is saying. My soul will have no pleasure in him who draws back from faith. Okay? Now, that's important. You're going to see these, some of these things woven all the way throughout Scripture. So, underline that or highlight that and make special note of that in your Bible or in your notes about the pleasure of God. What pleases God? The pleasure of God. What pleases God? Say with me, the pleasure of God. What pleases God? Turn to your name and tell him you want to please God. Okay. All right. So now let's really get into it and really talk about 
uh, what faith is according, according to scripture. So turn your Bibles with me to the book of Hebrews, Hebrews 11 chapter verses 1 through 13. Hebrews 11, uh, verses 1 through 13. Let's read it. We're going to read it out of the King James Version. I'll give you a moment to get that. That will not be on the screen. Uh, Hebrews 11, verses 1 through 13. I'll give you a moment to get that in your own Bible. Praise the Lord. I don't want to make you lazy. I want you to bring your own Bible and begin to read from your Bible. Some scriptures, of course, I will put on the screen for you to help maximize our time when there are a lot of scriptures back to back to back because sometimes you need to pray for your pastor. I need to have a little more uh, patience in some areas. So I'll put them on the screen so I won't have to wait for you to flip. Praise the Lord Jesus. But there are some scriptures that they're a bit longer. So we're going to read them together. We'll read them today. We're going to read this out of the King James Version. And it may not really be a a matter of patience, but just maximizing our time together. Amen. All right. So Hebrews 11 uh, verses 1 through 13. We will be reading this out of the King James Version. And uh, so I'll be reading. And uh, I want you to just remember some some key words. And you'll see some key words that we've talked about, how some things are interwoven in the word of God. So verse 1 out of uh, Hebrews 11 verse 1 through 13, it says this. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith Abel offered uh, unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. By which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and was not found, because God had translated him, for before his translation he had this testimony that what? He pleased God. Sound familiar? Verse 6, it says, but without faith, it is impossible to what? Please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. By faith, Noah. Remember Noah in our video a moment ago? By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not, um, not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house. By the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. By faith, Abraham, uh, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out not knowing whether he went. By faith, he sojourned in the land of promise. As in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. Verse number 10. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Verse 11. Through faith also Sarah. Now this is very important. You can highlight this verse in your Bible. We'll get back to this, make reference to this. Verse 11 is extremely powerful. Hebrews 11, 11 is extremely powerful. It says, through faith also, Sarah herself received witness. Rather, let me read again. Through faith also, 
Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because what she judged him faithful who had promised. We'll talk about that later. Verse 12. Therefore sprang there even of one and him as good as dead. So many as the stars of the sky in multitude and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. Verse 13, these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off. These promises talking about promises of the coming Messiah, promises of God wiping and washing their sins away. Jesus had not come yet during their lifetime. All right. These all died in faith. All right, not having received the promise, but they saw them from afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Hallelujah. Faith. Praise God. That's a mouthful. That was Hebrews 11 verses 1 through uh, 13. Now let's go back up to verse number one. And we're going to spend the majority of our time here in verse number one. Are you hearing? We're going to spend the majority of our time verse one. Let me read verse number one again. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Let me get let me read verse two and three. For by it, the elders obtain a good report. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. All right, so they're going to go back and discover what faith is. In verse number one, you understand it says now. Now faith is. Say now. Say now. Now faith. This is what some call now faith. Now the word now there really is a conjunctive word. Uh, it, is also, it also can be interpreted therefore. It is taking up or it is continuing what's being discussed in chapter 10. But the word now is also a present tense word that we can always use here. It says now faith. In other words, faith is always present tense. Faith is always present tense. When you believe in God for something, if you put it off to the future and say one day God's going to do it for me, that's not faith. Faith is always present Say, I, I mean, you, would, you may say, I believe God for this now. I receive this now. Remember Mark eleven twenty four. whatsoever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Faith is then at that moment. Faith is always now. Say with me, faith is always now. Okay, so the moment you set faith off in the future and say, one day I know it's going to happen, it is no longer faith. If you put it off to the future, it really becomes hope. And to some, it becomes wishful thinking. Faith is always now. I believe I receive this now. I believe I possess this now. I believe things are working out now. I believe that God's doing it now. Faith is always now. When you're praying with someone uh, to receive healing, you believe that they'll receive it now. Whether you see it at that moment or not, you believe God has done the work at that moment. At the moment you have prayed, at the moment you have laid hands, you believe that the answer is being released now. Regardless of the manifestation, you believe at that moment God has released it. Faith is always now. Say with me, faith is always now. 
All right, so that's the first lesson from verse number one. Faith is always now. Now faith. Now faith. There's a thing called now faith. All right, so let's talk about faith just for a moment. I've given you some definitions here that, that I want you to see. Uh, faith, as it is defined in the Greek, is conviction of truth. Conviction of the truth of anything. Conviction of the truth of anything. You'll see that on the screen. Faith is conviction of the truth of anything. It is belief. Are you hearing me? One more time. Faith is the conviction of the truth of anything. Belief. Now, in our last series, we talked about um, how there are in the word of God or in the Bible, there are, there are a whole lot of legal terms. And the court system took a lot of legal terms from the Bible. Uh, our legal system today took a lot of words from the scripture. So you'll see in the courtroom, you'll see the word conviction. And you never want to hear that with, if they're talking about you. So-and-so was convicted. Oh, that means it's over. <laughs> you know, that means it's over. You'll find conviction. So in the Greek, the Hebrew, or rather the Greek word for faith means conviction of truth of anything. Conviction of truth. Conviction of truth of anything. Belief. The word conviction means, uh, or we can say it this way, a conviction is something certain, a strong belief, a state of being what? Convinced. Are you hearing me? The state of being convinced. Have you ever been convinced about something before? You knew it. You just knew it. Regardless of what you saw, you knew it. You knew this was the truth. You knew she said that. I don't care what you, I know you said that about me. I know you did that. You, and nobody could tell you anything differently. I can't get no talking here. You were completely convinced of something. All right. Faith, one of the definitions of faith is a state of being convinced. I like the way the Bible says it about Abraham. I believe in um in Romans, the fourth chapter, it says that Abraham was fully convinced, fully convinced, fully or fully persuaded, fully persuaded, fully convinced that what God had promised, he was also able to perform. So when you operate in faith, that means that you are fully convinced. You are convinced of this thing. You are fully persuaded of this thing, right? You have a conviction of the truth. All right. So in the legal system, we know that the word uh, conviction also as, is used when a judge or jury convicts uh, someone of a crime, finding them guilty. That's called a conviction. Uh Oh, some of y'all look at me crazy. In other words, evidence has been presented before a judge. Evidence has been presented before a judge or jury and evidence has been weighed. It has been uh, evaluated. And finally, a decision has been made of someone's guilt or innocence. It has been processed. Processed. In this case, as we talk about faith, when you have faith in God, remember, faith is conviction of the truth. Conviction is an end result. Something has happened. A trial has happened, right? Think about it naturally. Trial has happened. So-and-so comes into the room and they have on, they have on a, you know, the, the orange jumpsuit and they're walking like this. They're walking like that, you know, like a little uh, penguin. And they sit, they sit the person down, right? That person is on trial. Okay, not me. I'm just acting here. 
I pray none of you. If, if you know anyone who is in that, pos- that position right now, we plead the blood of Jesus over them, and we pray that uh, they will be healed and delivered and brought out of that place. Hallelujah. We pray deliverance for all, cap- from, for, for all captors, captives. Praise the Lord. All right. But see that person, see the courtroom. They're there. They're in shackles. They're right there sitting at the table. And now they're on trial. Evidence has been given by the prosecution and the, and the defense. Well, they're trying to say, hey, this didn't happen. They're trying to uh, give a, they're trying to paint different pictures for the judge and jury to deliberate, to think on. Right. After that, a conviction is made. Of course, the person's found guilty or they're, they've judged, hey, innocent, go, go home. Right. So if we say faith is conviction of truth, that means that you have been, that you have weighed evidence. You've heard what God said. You've seen his word and you're also weighing what you see. Lord, you said by your stripes, I'm healed. Hmm. I hear that from this side of the courtroom. But on the other side of the courtroom, I see the doctor's reports. I feel the pain. I feel the agony of this thing. I'm weighing evidence. This means that you are really the judge here. You have to decide which one is truth. And then you have to have conviction of that truth. Does that make sense to you? You have to decide. And whichever one you decide, you stick with it. Lord, I believe what you said is true. Regardless of how I feel, I know by your stripes I am healed. And that is the truth. And I grab my gavel and... And I pray and I say a judgment for God. Hallelujah. The word is truth in my life. I don't care what my bank account looks like. Lord, I know that you supply all my needs according to your rich and glory by Christ Jesus. I declare that supply. I don't have to worry about it anymore. Judgment for God. Hallelujah. Are you hearing? You have to make that decision. And this is called faith. Oh, y'all looking at me. Praise the Lord. So again, remember, faith is the conviction of the truth of anything. You have already decided. You have heard God's word. You've meditated on God's word. You found it in his word, and you're going to believe what he said. Okay? So uh, again, in order, to, in order to really operate in true faith, you got, you're going to have to weigh both sides. So really operating in faith does not mean that you deny what's there. You hear it. But you just refuse to recognize it. Does that make sense to you? You refuse to give that more weight than the word of God. You refuse to give that more honor than the word of God in your life. Amen. Because you've made a decision. All right. So again, as we look about faith, faith is the state of being convinced of being convicted of the truth. And so the Bible says that faith is the substance that's our next word there faith is the substance say substance oh now here we go with some board work now here we go with the board let's all sing it together now we're going to the board everybody say now we're going to the board now we're going to the board hey 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 now we're going to the board let's go to the board of praise yeah hey i just made that up how about that something 
Uh, well, Ray clap. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Ray. Thank you for being supportive. Thank you, Cynthia. Thank you, thank you for being supportive of my song. You can buy my record anytime you like. All right. So we know what faith is, right? All right. Uh, faith, we talk about that being that, con- that conviction, F-A-I-T-H. All right. We're going to say, we're going to put faith in a little box here, right? Faith, that's there. We know that's that conviction of the truth, being fully convinced. All right. The Bible says faith is the substance. Say with me, faith is the substance. All right. That's what the Bible says here again in Hebrews 11.1. 1. Faith is the substance. We're going to stop right there. Substance means a setting or placing what? Under. It means things put under. That is substructure, foundation. This is what the word substance means. Substructure, foundation. That which has foundation is firm. And also that which has actual existence. Oh, I love that. Look at the word substance. You see the word, there's two words, right? In the word substance, substance or substance, something standing under, something standing under a firm found. That's the foundation. When you think about substance, think about Sub, think about the foundation, like in this building here. This concrete is the foundation on which the building stands. All right? Faith is the substance. So when you think about faith, that means faith is holding up something. Let's say right now, here's, let's make this house. All right, let's make a little, get your little there and put your door there. Put your little window there and your window here. That's your house. It's kind of crazy looking house, but I didn't tell you to buy it. All right. So faith is the substance, right? It is the, it is the foundation on which something else stands. Does that make sense? All right. Substance. It is substance here again is the sub. Faith is substance, something holding up something else. What is it holding up? Faith is the substance of Things what? Hoped for. So this house represents, this house represents something that is hoped, hoped for. All right, let me put that for, but then quotes. Faith is the substance, the substance or the foundation of something that is hoped for. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. So your faith is holding up something that you are hoping for. Does that make sense to you? Faith will not operate if you don't have something that you are hoping for. Hoping for. Are you hearing me? Now, the term, the term hope for, well, let me back up for a second. Let's talk about what the word hope means just for a second. Oh, this is good stuff, isn't it? The word hope means to want something. And here you'll find this definition on the screen as well. The word hope means to want something to happen or to be true. Hope is a goal. It's something that we strive for. 
something that we want or desire. So hope is a desire, something that you want, something that you're striving for. It's the subject of your faith. Or we can say it is the object of your faith. It is the reason that you're believing God for something. What you are hoping for. It is your target. It is your goal. Does that make sense to you? Does that make sense? So if you don't have something, if you don't have anything that you're hoping for, nothing that you desire. If you don't have a desire in mind when you go before God, there's no need for faith. Does that make sense? So the word hoped for is a placeholder. It is holding the place for something else. It's a placeholder. We can say whatsoever, or rather we can say uh, faith is the substance of the new church building. Faith is the substance of the new house. Faith is the substance of the bill money. Faith is the substance of the healing. Whatever you are believing God for, faith is the substance of the new vehicle. Whatever you are believing God for, Now, or whatever you are, whatever you want or whatever you desire. Does that make sense? So the word hoped for, you're going to have to write that in yourself. You're going to have to write that in yourself. What are you believing God for? What are you believing God for? I don't know. Is it a peaceful home? But remember, the most important thing is a walk, a closer walk and intimacy and oneness with God. Does that make sense to you? Remember, that's the first and foremost, uh, the purpose of faith, to have you in a closer walk and intimate connection with God, because all else won't even matter. If you have a completely healed body, you are buff, buffer than the Incredible Hulk or whatever, and you look good as, I don't know, whoever has looked good in this world today, and you have all the stuff, and you live, and you live in, a, I don't know, a million a uh, million square foot home and you got all kind of cars. It looks like you have a car dealership in your front yard and you got all kind of clothes. You got uh, maybe a 10,000 square foot closet. What would it profit? Yeah, that's a big closet, isn't it? But what would it profit you in, when you don't have a relationship, a living relationship with Jesus? You spend all that faith doing all of that, but you still don't know him. Does that make sense to you? All right. So, again, the first thing we're hoping for, we're hoping for that faith is a substance of is a closer walk with the Lord to be in oneness with him. Everything else is um, secondary. There's all those other things down there. All of that is secondary. The very first thing in prayer is, Lord, I want to be like you. Lord, I want to bring heaven to the earth. I want to bring your kingdom to the earth. I want to bring your will in the earth. I want to be your servant. I want to be your son. I want to be your friend. I want to hear your voice. Make sense? That's the first purpose of faith. Everything else is secondary. All right? So, again, faith is the substance or the foundation, substructure of what we're hoping for. Isn't that wonderful? So the word hope for, again, is a a placeholder. What are you hoping for? Now, We know that what we're hoping for has to be qualified by the word of God. 
Some people say, well, what if I hope for the wrong thing? Or what if I desire the wrong thing? Or, you know, God, you said, but, but I, you know, Lord, I just don't trust myself. I don't know. I don't, I just don't trust myself. I don't know. What if I hope for the wrong thing? God has some things built in already for you. Already got some things built in. Amen. So you don't need to have that worry. As a matter of fact, let's turn our Bibles to 1 John 5, uh, verses 14 through 15. Let's take a little walk here as we look at uh, 1 John 5, verses 14 through 15, as we begin to close out shortly. Oh, I'm having a good time in the word of God today. I hope that you are too. 1 John, 1 John 5, verses 14 through 15. It says this. And now this is on the, this is on the screen, so you, you're free to take notes. It says, this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything, what? According to his will, he, he does what? He hears us. He heareth us. Verse 15. And if we know that he hear it, that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have, rather, that we desired of him. There's another legal term there, petition, isn't it? He says, if we pray according to his will, simply, we got it. We don't have to think about it. We don't have to worry about it. We know we got it. We know we got it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We know we got it. We don't have to worry about it. We know we got it. All right. So again, as we go back to the hoped for thing, in order for your faith to fully function, you have your hope for thing or your desire or your want has to be in tune and in line with the will of God for your life. Amen. All right. So let's go to Psalm, um, Psalm 37. Let me show you something else. Psalm 37, uh, verses three through five. Let's, let's look at these qualifiers here. Psalm 37, verses three through five. It says, verse number three, trust in the Lord and what? And do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land. That's the land of promise. And verily thou shalt be fed. You're going to have your needs supplied, marvelously supplied. Verse four, delight thyself also in the Lord and he will do what? He shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Verse five, commit, say commit. commit. Oh, somebody just cursed in you. Commit, make a commitment to him. Oh boy. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him and he will do what? He will. That's right. He shall bring it to pass. These qualifiers. So we see here that you're trusting in the Lord. You are delighting in him. Uh, you are committing your ways to him. You are trusting in him. And guess what? As you're doing that, you are aligning you with him. Your soul becomes in alignment with his soul. Your spirit becomes in alignment with his spirit. And you'll see, you'll notice that the closer you get with God, the closer you get to him, the more you'll see what he wants is what you want. And what you want is what he wants. You'll find that oneness in sync with him. Isn't that something? Because there are many things that God wants to do in the earth and he will actually put a desire in you. He'll put a want in you. He'll put a hoped for idea in you, a hope for thing that we talked about Hebrews 11, right? He'll put that thing that you are hoping for in your heart and make it so strong in you. And you think it's coming from you, but it's actually coming from God. 
This hope for thing will be so strong. Even though you say, Lord, I don't want, uh, it, it's never going to happen. You try to put this thing down, it'll just come right back up on your faith. Every time you kill it, it'll just be raised back up from the dead. Every time you bury it, you'll find that hand right out the grave, coming right back up because it's something that God has put in you. You throw in the towel and the towel be thrown right back in your face. God said, I gave you that desire. I gave you that desire. I want to see that manifested in the earth. I want to see that manifested in your life. And so he puts that God-shaped desire on the inside of us for something that we need or something that someone else will be needing. Okay? Let me show you an example of how God puts these desires in your heart. Let's go to Philippians 2, verse number 13. This is very good. Philippians 2, verse 13. It says, for God is working in you. Say, God is working in me. It says, giving you, say, giving me the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Are you hearing? Oh, that's the word of God. God is working in you. So we can even put your name there where it says you say your name. Here we go. God is working in that's right you can use your name god is working in giving you instead of you there put your name giving that's right giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him so you can say right now i can say i can put my name in it god is giving mark uh okay god is giving mark um the desire, he's giving me desires and power to do what pleases him. Say with me, God is giving me desire and power. Come on, God's giving me desire and power. God is giving me desire and power to do what pleases him. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? So that's that hoped for thing. That's that hope for thing. Hallelujah. God said, I will put it in your heart. I'll put it in your heart. And what he puts in your heart, let me tell you, it's in his will already. And he's going to perform it. Let me show you this one more. Then we're going to close out today. Our time is about gone. Hebrews 13, verse number 20. Verse 20 and 21 also are the uh, New Living Translation. Listen to how it reads. Verse 20 says, Hebrews 13, Hebrews 13, verse 20 and 21. And it reads this way. Now may the God of peace who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, and ratified an eternal covenant with his blood. May he equip you. Sounds familiar? May he equip you with all you need for doing what? His will. Isn't that something? May he equip you. Say he's equipping me with all that I need for doing his will. Oh, it makes you want to jump up and shout, doesn't it? When you receive that, when you receive that word, remember, when you see the word you in the Bible, you can put your name. That's a placeholder. That's a placeholder. Remember, if the Lord put all of our names in Scripture, boy, how big and fat would the Bible be? How heavy would it be, right? So he puts the words you in there for us later on to put our name in there. Hallelujah. So let's put your name in there. So say with me, when I point to you, you you shout your name, okay? Hallelujah. All right, here we go. Um, uh, May he equip. 
Oh, y'all didn't shout. Come on now, shout. Shout like you at a ball game. Or maybe shout like you're talking to your kids, but let's, let's take that away. All right, here we go. May he equip with all need for his will. Isn't that wonderful? He goes on to say, may he produce in in you through the power of Jesus Christ every good thing that is what? Pleasing to him. Isn't that powerful? All glory to him forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Listen, the more we walk with God, the more we'll discover, again, that what he wants is what we want. And what we want is what he wants. We'll find that we are one. We're going to talk about that next time. We'll find that we are one and that we're also co-laborers with God. We're laboring with the Lord. He gives you the desire. He plants the thought. He plants the idea in you. And you go, hey, I just had an idea. Why don't we start a food bank? Hey, I just had an idea. Why don't we pray around the cross in Carrollton? Hey, I just had an idea. Why don't we start a group and we'll call it um, Anointed Sisters? Hey, I just had an idea. Hey, I just had an idea. What? What's happening? God is putting desires in your heart. He's putting desires in your heart. And you'll notice that the God-given desires will be the most fulfilling in your life. The most fulfilling in your life. And you'll notice, hey, I don't want to do anything else. This is what God is putting in me. And you know that this is, this is his will, and he's going to cause it to come to pass in you. So what do you use your faith for? First of all, as we said, getting closer to him. As you do that, he's making your desires one. He's merging desires. He's taking away those old filthy desires that we have. Somebody say amen. amen. Some filthy thoughts can run through the mind. Say amen. amen. Filthy thoughts can run through the heart. Say amen. amen. He's taking that mess away. Say with me, Lord, take it away. Lord, take it away. Hallelujah. Don't want that. Don't want it. Don't want it. Lord, take it away. Come on, say, Lord, take it away. away. Amen. He's taking away that stuff, and he's giving you these God desires on the inside of you. And the first desire that you're going to have, that you must have, is, Lord, I want to be pleasing to you. Lord, I want to walk in accordance to your will for my life. Lord, use me to lay hands on the sick and sick recover. Lord, use me to be a, 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 an ambassador of heaven, bringing the atmosphere of heaven wherever I go. Lord, use me. Let your presence so be in me that when I walk in a place, people are getting delivered and healed and, and set free. Use me just like you did Peter. When Peter walked down the street, people got in his shadow and they were healed because he was carrying so much of heaven with him. Use me like that, Lord. Use me like that, Lord. I want to be used of you, Lord. Use me that when I go into a place of, 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 of hatred and, and despair, that peace would ring out. Use me, Lord, when I, when I go into a place where people are talking about each other and fussing and fighting that that the atmosphere will then be filled with love and be filled with peace use me lord use me lord use me are you hearing that's our first place of faith that's our hope for thing everything else is what is secondary i pray you've heard the word of god today we're done today give lord a mighty hand of praise hallelujah 
Come on, let's clap our hands for Jesus. Well, I hope that you have enjoyed today's message right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Don't forget to sign up for the Kingdom Inspirational Video Blog. We're going to sing you short inspirational clips that will bless you on a weekly basis. So sign up today right there at KingdomRock.org. That's www.KingdomRock.org. And if you're in the Bremen area, come on and stop by and visit us in a live service. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Give us a call at 770-537-1933. Remember, Sunday morning is at 10 a.m. and Wednesday night starts at 7 o'clock. We'll be so glad to see you. Well, until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. See you soon.